Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. <laughs> I think he just learned something about himself, don't you? Uh, well, welcome uh, to everyone here. Welcome those watching in uh, Woodenville, Bothell, Issaquah, Duval, and Castle Rock. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor, and we are kicking off a new series this week. Uh, it's been sort of interesting the last week or two. I feel like I was reminded of a couple things about myself and learned a couple things about myself. Uh, one of the things I was reminded, I was down south. Uh, any of you, any of you from the South? Okay, great. Yeah, I, I love the South. There are two reasons I love the South, and it is not the humidity. Let me tell you that. Uh, number one is barbecue. I am reminded that God is good every time I was, and I was down in Alabama, and I don't know, and maybe you can, in your state, it may be, but I'm telling you, Alabama barbecue is hard uh, to beat and uh, hard to lose the weight from afterwards as well, but it is awesome. Uh, the other thing is, I just love the way everyone's so kind down south. Even when they're insulting you. I, I just forgot about that, you know. And, uh, you know, I spilled water on a table all over. And it's like, that, no, no problem, sugar. Bless your heart. Which means, you fool. That's what that means. And uh, so I was uh, reminded of that. And then I learned a couple things about myself. Uh, because obviously we had the heat wave uh, going on and uh, the fire, so it was smoky. Thank you, by the way, Canadians. Yeah, you know, uh, so <laughs> that's one import we don't need from Canada. So we have all the, but because of the haze and the fires, uh, I guess what happened, I learned this out later, uh, that the bees, uh, they, they can't breathe well. And so they decided they would come inside the church. And so we had all these bees inside the church. And so I discovered two things about myself. One, I'm not as brave as I thought I was. <laughs> but two, I'm much quicker than I thought I was as well. <laughs> well, uh, today is really, I, my prayer is, it's a journey for self-discovery. Uh, and it's not one that's uh, narcissistic all about us, although it'll seem like it for a lot of what we're going to do. It's about understanding who we are and then understanding how we have been created by God and can respond uh, to Him. The series No Wasted Days, uh, I, I really, I came up with the title, but it was a phrase my friend came up with. Uh, we were meeting for breakfast and uh, his wife had just gone through cancer treatment, and it was supposed to not have a very good prognosis. Uh, amazing how uh, God healed her, and so it's been an amazing journey for them. And I said, well, so what are you learning? What, what is God teaching you, uh, especially when it comes to life in your relationship? 
And he said, we, we have this phrase we say around the house, that there's going to be no wasted days. Doesn't mean we're always out doing something or accomplishing anything, but that we're not going to waste any of the days that God has given us. Many of you, if you've been around here a while, know my wife went through uh, her own uh, health concerns that were uh, pretty huge. And uh, I was thinking that's a mantra I want for my life uh, as well. In fact, I, I, I think it's important not only for my life, but don't we all want that? Don't we all want to say, uh, God, this one life you gave me, uh, I, I don't want to waste it. I, I, I want to uh, enjoy what you've given me, but also, God, I want to understand why you've created me the way you've created me and what maybe what assignment you ha might have for me. We're going to look at all sorts of aspects of, uh, of this uh, is during the next number of weeks. Uh, but today, I want to start out with just two verses, uh, uh, and we're going to focus on this and how, we, how this understanding shapes us. Psalm 139, verse 13 through 14. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now, that sounds sort of, by the way, bragging, doesn't it? God, you created me, and you did a real good job, if I have to say so myself. Uh, but th that's, that's a positive. And honestly, for some of you, and some of you might take that too far, but most of you, that's not the problem. You say, yeah, I know God created me, but, uh, you know, yeah, but, and we need to stop the butts. <laughs> and we need to say, no, God has created me with who I am, my personality, and we're going to get into all of that. And he did it for a reason. And he did it, one of the reasons is to uh, bless the world around you. There was uh, someone who was working in a hospital, and they wrote an article. Uh, they, again, were working with people who were facing uh, uh, terminal illnesses or uh, potentially terminal illnesses. And they asked them questions uh, about, hey, if you had it to do over again, what, what would you uh, do over? And there were seven common answers. I'm going to just read a few. One was, I wish I had lived my own life. That was the number one answer. Isn't that interesting? Not trying to live someone else's life, but the life that, that I've been given. Two, I, I wish I'd discovered my purpose earlier. Three, I wish I'd taken more risks. And then it goes on. Number four, I wish I'd taken care of better myself, better care of myself. You get that, you're in the hospital, all of those. But the first three, I think really we can uh, tackle a bit uh, today as we understand how God has designed us and for what purpose. And I want to talk about this specifically this weekend as we kick off in terms of uh, your, your mission and ministry in the world. And by the way, that may or may not be your career. Uh, so what do, we, what do we learn? Here are simple truths. Uh, three simple truths from that passage we, we read and what we read elsewhere in the scripture is it's okay to be you. 
Now, that's, I'm not saying that this is an excuse for, for sin or, or doing things that are wrong, but it's okay with all your quirks and all your hang-ups uh, to be you. In fact, I was reminded uh, of a friend of mine from high school who now uh, lives up in Snoqualmie. And we served on student council together. And this friend, as we were talking about career, what are you going to be? And uh, I said, I don't know. And she said to me, I think you could be almost anything. Whatever you do, though, don't become a pastor. <laughs> and some of you are saying, she was right, you know. <laughs> uh, but we can hear all these voices, uh, but we need to hear God's voice. Uh, we were created uniquely. Some of you are more unique than others of us, uh, but we're created uniquely by God. And here's another reality, is that figuring you out isn't always easy. Uh, we're, uh, we're complex. We're, as the Bible says, we're wonderfully complex. Some of you uh, are married to people who are wonderfully complex. And uh, it takes uh, studying not only ourselves, but what God would say about us. And then I want to focus on this, and this is something uh, that uh, we've hit. Actually, it's been a number of years since we've, we've hit this, maybe five, six years ago, is that I was shaped for a purpose, uh, is that God created me not just for myself, but for the world around me. Starting, yes, with my, my family and my church, but even more than that. See, some of us, we might be uh, here today and we think, well, I'm damaged goods because of the affair. Maybe that's in your background or maybe something that was done to you as a child when you, you just couldn't defend yourself. Or in relationships, previous marriages. And we can, we can think that somehow God has changed his mind about us. But the Bible is clear that God doesn't change his mind about us. That it says this, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so God has created us for that. And so what we then go on is this journey of self-discovery. God, how can, I, how can I find that? And that'll change over time. It's sort of like your uh, career. Some of you were, like how many of you, you're... Uh, my, my heroes in this. You went to college, you started in a field, and you've worked in that same field your whole life. How many of you is that true? Okay, they're good. Look at these. These are the superheroes. And, uh, but it's probably only about 20% of us. The rest of us are like, you know, it took a while to figure it out. Some of you might be, you know, in your 60s. It's taken you a while still, and you're figuring it out. Uh, it's a journey and a process for most of us. So what I want to do, uh, and I've listed some resources. There's a book by Eric Reese called Shape. Uh, uh, Rick Warren in his uh, best-selling book, actually best-selling uh, uh, nonfiction book beyond the Bible in history, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. They all talk about this in terms of uh, a biblical understanding of shape. 
And I think uh, that's so well said. I want to use that acrostic for us to understand our assignment in this next season. And I'm going to tell you up front, this is about your assignment. I was just reminded the last couple days, I ran into people uh, from the church, uh, some from uh, Redmond campus and Issaquah campus and Woodenville campus, and I, and I heard these stories again and again, and, and people were saying, you know, I was in this point of need, or I came, one, I came to faith, another person, I'm going through a struggle, and it's great to have the community And I was reminded how important it is that this thing that we do together is about all of us. And maybe you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm not a Christ follower. I want you to know that this this thing we do together as Timberlake Church is hopefully you'll experience God's love, grace, acceptance, and forgiveness as we as imperfect people try to do the perfect will of God. Well, what does that mean? How, uh, we need to answer this question, how well am I doing living on purpose? Uh, Am I I doing a good job in in that? And if I am, I need to keep in the same direction. Otherwise, I need to evaluate again. Well, back to the acrostic shape. Uh, What does that stand for? And what does that mean for us as we understand how God's made us? The S is simply for spiritual gifts. Uh, And uh, if you're a believer in Christ, it says that God gives you uh, a spiritual gift. And some of you are like, hey, is this this weird stuff? No, it's not weird at all because it's God's supernatural uh, power coming into our natural world. And some are uh, miraculous and what they call the sign gifts. Others seem more common. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. Uh, there are plenty of examples uh, in the Bible of gifts. There's service. There's evangelism. Uh, there's uh, martyrdom. That's a gift you only get to use once, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, there's all sorts of gifts. Some of you are going to be a little shocked when you read these. Celibacy. Like, oh, is that, is that a gift? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually, you know, people have spiritual gift. Uh, faith. Uh, I know people like, you ever know someone who has like the spiritual gift of faith? Like the theme song from Rocky is rattling around in their head the whole time. You know, it's like, we can do it. Uh, there's discernment. Uh, you, you say, hey, I can, I can spot out if something really is from God or not. Uh, there's mercy is another. We, don't you love being around people who have uh, the gift of mercy? Uh, there's hospitality. You always know uh, when someone has the gift of hospitality is, you, you know, they they are great growth group hosts. You feel welcome in their home. Uh, I don't have the gift of hospitality. I have the gift of showing people directions to hotel rooms. That's what I do. (laughs) And so we have all these spiritual uh, gifts that God gives us. And it's that we need to understand what are the gifts that God has given me. And often we can ask other people. Uh, Now, spiritual gifts are something that are a wonderful gift from God, but also there's a temptation there. And I would say this for those of us who maybe you've been a believer for a long time is we can take the gift we have and think that everyone else should have it. 
Uh, Larry Osborne, another great author, uh, he calls that spiritual gift projection. So, for example, uh, if I really have this gift for mercy, and uh, I feel like, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work at maybe our own acres of diamonds uh, with transitional housing for homeless women and children, or the Union Gospel Mission, or the Tacoma Rescue Mission, or something like that. We can sometimes not only use our gift, we feel like everyone else should be doing it. Uh, and that's, it's okay to have that passion, but do you know that if you convinced everyone around you to do it, that you would be leading them outside the will of God for some people? That for some people, God has not called them to do that. So if you're successful, that wouldn't be a good thing. There uh, are other people who just like to not, you know, they like to be in the background uh, and serve there as well. Well, uh, the H in shape stands for heart. And this is really uh, our passion. Uh, it's, It's a passion that God has given us. And we see that God uses that, Philippians 2.13. It's God who works in you uh, to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. That what's your your passion? And that can be, that can go along with your spiritual gifts. Uh, My wife, uh, she has, one of her passions is uh, she's very generous. Now, uh, in terms of uh, giving, I've talked about this is not a giving message, but we're, we're tithers. We always give the first 10% off the top to the Lord here at Timberlake Church, and we'll give a little bit beyond that and uh, to other missions and ministries around the world. Uh, but my wife is radically generous. In fact, I shouldn't say this because some of you are about ready to write her a letter. And uh, she's, uh, she, she says, you know, I have this gift, and Ben, you keep me from exercising my spiritual gift. <laughs> and I said, yes, I know, but Wells Fargo Mortgage does not understand <laughs> if we don't make the payment. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, some of you just have this passion, and your passions can lead you into sin when they're misplaced. In fact, here's what's going to happen. If, if you don't take the natural passions that God's given you and you let God harness them for his purposes, my guess is you're gonna, the shadow side of your heart is going to show up and that you're going to start acting out uh, in inappropriate ways with that. And so it's, it's so important for our soul, for our well-being to say, God, will you take this passion that I have for your purpose? And then there's our abilities. Uh, these are just natural abilities that we have. So there's my spiritual gifts, that comes from God, my passion, that's how God wired me, and my abilities. Like, uh, I had uh, coffee with a friend of mine. We went to elementary school together. He works in a Christian ministry and now, uh, too. And he reminded me of what I was famous for in third grade. Oak Brook Elementary School, I was, I have to say it, I was sort of a big deal at Oak Brook Elementary School. And do you know why? Because I could eat an entire sandwich in one bite. 
<laughs> I'm not so proud of that anymore, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, that, so, so we all have these weird abilities. How many of you, um, some are, you know, fun. I mean, they're not any ministry. Is anyone here can, can wiggle your ears? Can anyone do that? Okay, you're, you're, you're loved by Jesus. Uh, any, <laughs> I was going to say something else. But see, God's working on me. Any of you roll your tongues? Any of you extremely flexible, double-jointed, voices in your head? You know? <laughs> okay. Just me then. Okay. Uh, but, but, so we all have these natural abilities. And what's, what's the purpose of these gifts and abilities? Why don't we all have the same ones? It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, uh, this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. So God is going to use our abilities if we surrender them to his will. Some of us have, you thought your abilities were just about you making money for you. Or just being, and by the way, it's not a bad thing to make money. I had a friend in college, and you would probably recognize him. He's a fairly well-known business person uh, here in the Seattle area. And I, after college, we were all talking because we're, you know, graduating, 22 years old, University of Washington, group of Christian guys. And uh, what are you going to do? And we all said what we thought we were going to do. And he said, I am going to make a ton of money and be a powerful influence for Jesus Christ. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's it. He said, no. He said, I'm gonna, he said my first goal is I'm going to personally support five missionaries. And you're like, what? So, by the way, he did. So really, five countries around the world have a trained, educated professional who, who are doing full-time the work for the Lord because he said, you know what? If I went there and I, I, I no one would grow or become a Christian. I'm a, I'm a guy who's good at making money. And I'm going to let God get a hold of that. For... For some of it, that could be you, that you're good, at, but you just haven't let the God get a hold of it. Where, when I'm not talking about a poverty mentality. I'm talking about taking your blessings and instead of, I, I get this every once in a while. I get people who are, uh, they're, they're ashamed of what they have. I, I see this every once in a while. Oh, yeah, I got a new car. And then they give me all the excuses why you got a new car. You know why you got a new car? Because that's an awesome thing. Don't be, don't be, unless you're using all of that just for you. But I know people who, who just have this, this guilt. Maybe if God has blessed you in that way, just say, God, I want this for your purposes. In fact, some of you maybe are embarrassed about the money you have. Maybe you should pray that you make more money, but then use that for the needs of people coming to know Jesus and in the world. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Instead of you having less, there was more. We all have 
uh, different abilities. I mean, some of you are abstract thinkers, some mechanical thinkers, uh, engineering. We have so many engineers around here. And as I said, once, once they introduced the alphabet into math, I was done. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> uh, uh, some of you are uh, great uh, computer geniuses, uh, cooks. I mean, our hospitality teams, the, isn't that great? They use their gift of, of cooking, and I use my gift of eating, and so it's all in sync for the glory of God. Uh, sales, that's... Uh, the, the question isn't the ability. Is we all need to know what our abilities are. The question is, how do we deploy those abilities? Not for, just for us. It's okay for you to an extent. But that'll get boring over a period of time. It's interesting, there's a passage in the Bible that's quite, you know, I can't go into the whole thing, but uh, Exodus 31, 1 through 3, it, it says, uh, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Beziel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, and with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. And they're basically, uh, in, in a sense, making... Uh, articles for the temple and this place of worship. And God is saying those skills are, are part of my plan for my kingdom. And then there's uh, in shape, we've, we talked about our, uh, our spiritual gifts, our abilities, our, our, uh, and all of that. And P is for your personality, is that God will... Uh, use our personality. Some of us uh, are quieter. Some of us are more outgoing. It's just like kids. Can't you see kids' personalities early on? You know, there are some kids that's, hey, this is going to be a party. And there's other kids that's like, the hell has come out, and they're like, this is going to be hard on both of us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so they're, you know, they really, it's just like right out of the, I don't, I'm, not saying you should, your baby should smoke, but, it's, uh, but it, isn't it true? And God will use your personality submitted to him because uh, the people who are, who are maybe in the background a little more quiet, it, they need someone who, who says, hey, that's a little more like me. Because oftentimes quiet people can be deep thinkers. They're observing, like those of us who like to, you know, be out front, they're taking notes on us. And it's not all good, I got to tell you that. Uh, and so God will use your personality if you let him. Like, a friend of mine, Jim, he works uh, with kids. And he's just got like this great personality uh, with, uh, with kids. And, you know, like working with little kids, and they'll be like throwing a book. And I'm like, I would start teaching those kids about the wrath of God. And he's like, nice throw, dude, you know. And God uses that if we submit that to him. There's a, there's a great example in the Bible of uh, Esau and Jacob, just how they were different. They came from uh, the same family. It says, the boys grew up. And Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay home among the tents. 
So you sort, of, you sort of get this, right? Jacob loved Martha Stewart. And he did. He, you know, he was listening to Justin Bieber. I don't know what he was doing. And uh, this one sounds like uh, my wife's brothers. In fact, we're going to a family reunion, and she's from Montana. And Montana people, any of you from Montana? Yeah, where the men are men and the women are too. No, <laughs> it, is like, it is like they are tough people, you know, they really are. And uh, the, the, the interesting thing is, Jacob, uh, you, you'd think from Esau because of his, all of his deal, and he made a lot of mistakes. He really did. Jacob deceived. He did a lot of bad things. And, uh, but finally, God, God got, got a hold of his heart. And Esau, who was more rugged, impulsive, there's a scene when Jacob, who had cheated his brother Esau, they come together, and Esau could exact vengeance. But you know what he does? He submits his power, his personality, to God, and he forgives his brother. And you have these two men, both broken in many ways, saying, God, I want to submit to you. See, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll use our, our personality, our impulses, as an excuse for sin. Instead of saying, God, can you, can you take something of this? Because I don't want there to be any wasted days. And E is our experiences. God uses our experiences to shape us. Now, some of us have had the opportunity to experience great things, a good marriage, a wonderful childhood, godly parents, a great coach, good friends, good job, travel. And God will use those. But God also uses our negative experiences as well, if you will let him. If you will let him. There's a great story in the Bible, one that if you're a Bible kind of person, you're probably familiar with. Joseph, uh, who about, it's about a third, a quarter or a third of the book of Genesis is about his life. And his brothers had uh, abused him. He had been cheated. He had been wrongly imprisoned. If you look, it's sort of funny, he's a real positive guy and he always rose to the top but if you looked at his life, you'd say it's a tragedy. His parents didn't know what to do with him. His brothers betrayed him. Even when he's working as a servant, he, someone tells an untruth about him that other people believe. And he's punished based on that untruth. He's in prison. He's forgotten. And man... If anyone had a right to be bitter, it would be Joseph. But when he's standing before his brothers years later, the ones who had betrayed him, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. See, he wasn't looking at them. He was looking at what God did through it. And maybe, honestly, for some of us, 
we're, we're trying too hard to make that right, especially if it's a relational rift, instead of just seeing what God has done. Pray for healing, work towards reconciliation. But understand, even in that negative thing, that God can use that. I, uh, I remember the first time, first time I ever shared uh, at Timberlake Church, uh, when, when I was younger, uh, alcohol became uh, a problem and then a fixation and then overwhelming in my life. Uh, and I remember I told that story for one reason. is one, I'd moved back to the Seattle area, and a lot of people knew me and uh, a lot of friends. And uh, I remember, I've told the story before, a lady uh, came up in the back of the ch- church. She watched me the entire time from church preaching. And she goes, are you the same Ben Sigmund? And I'm like, nope, God changed me. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, okay, I better bring this out in the open. Uh, and honestly, I'm not proud of a lot of that. Most of it. But it's funny how I've talked to people, and you've heard their stories. Now, they maybe didn't mention this part. And they said, that was so freeing for me because I felt like I could get help and I could have hope. And who needs the hope of Jesus Christ right now? And what's really keeping them, in a sense, not that you're at fault, But if you just say, God, even these negative experiences, I want you to use them that you would set other people free and maybe me in the process as well. The Apostle Paul, when he was put into prison, again, just for following God, he, he, he said this. He says, what's happened to me has actually uh, served to advance the gospel. See, for some of us, we've gone through things that are horrible. Abuse as a child. And, and, and I just want to say this, too. There, some people will say, oh, well, those things happen. It's God's will. That is not true. That is not biblical. God is not the author of that. Someone was trying to be helpful and well-meaning, but it was not God's will that you suffered. It was not God's will that he or she walked out on you. It was something that happened, and there was sin involved. And God wants to... He wants to take that brokenness that we all experience this side of heaven and he wants to say that can be part of your purpose. Not that you experience that, but that you would let me use that for not only your healing but for the benefit of others. And so here, here, here's, here's my question as we've talked about no wasted days. And I want you to think about this uh, as you hear uh, the story of, uh, of someone who, well, I'll let her tell her own story, uh, 
who is going through something quite difficult and asking that why God question. And our final fill-in is, what is my today assignment? What is that ministry that I'm to have in the church? We'll talk about that in a moment. But maybe something that will never show up on an organizational chart, that you just say, God, I'm open for business. I want you to think about that as we take a look at this. Hi, my name is Molly, and I've been coming to Timberlake for about three years. I grew up in multiple places, so I was actually born in uh, Venice, Italy, and then we moved to um, England, which is where both my parents are from. We went to church, uh, you know, but it wasn't like a super permeating thing. Like, I believed in God, we said grace and stuff like that, but it wasn't like I hadn't, like, put my path into it yet. In 2013, I was diagnosed with a condition um, that causes my veins to be underdeveloped. And so um, we had surgeries and we tried to save my right foot, which is where it was mainly affecting. And it just didn't really work. And so we went to Seattle Children's Hospital and the surgeon said to me, hey, would you consider amputation as a treatment. It really seems like it's the only way we can go. And, and a month after high school, I had um, an amputation. So I come out of surgery, I'm going through everything, and I'm at Timberlake. And part of me wanted to push God away, but Jesus was there with me. And it actually took me a while to, to realize that because for a while I, I was mad. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand why God would put me through um, such painful times, but a few months after my amputation, um, I was connected to a growth group here at Timberlake, and it was for uh, teenage girls. I just think that that was the best thing for me, was going to those groups and having the ability to just be myself and to just kind of be around people who may have not understood what I went through personally, but were willing to sit and listen to me and like listen to my stories and listen to me say like I had a really rough day today like someone you know in a store looked at me wrong way like they were staring at me and I didn't know how to you know handle it or like one time I had a child say I was disgusting like there's like multiple things that you you that challenge you as someone with a disability. So it was nice to be in a place where I wasn't a disabled person in front of them. I was just me. My mom's friend invited me to Challenged Athletes Foundation in San Diego, and I went and I met people who were just like me, who had amputations, who had all sorts of disabilities, who were active, and that's how I got into swimming. I went to master swimming because they started pushing me forward there, and then they pushed me to club swimming, and then all of a sudden, I just started going to more and more swim meets and becoming more and more competitive. Last year, someone, I got an email and someone emailed me saying, hey, you should apply for the resident program at the Olympic Training Center. We really think you have some potential. So now I'm training for the 2020 Paralympic Games. As the years have gone on and as I've met more people and as I've met people who have had different stories, I've been able to relate to them. If you had told me three years ago that I was going to be an elite level athlete that was had goals to go to a Paralympic Games, I would have never believed you. I would have said you were crazy. And I wanna show everyone what God has done for me and 
I just want to swim for his glory. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.